Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Never Too Late to Fly podcast. I'm your host, Jacqueline. And I'm Kevin. Together, we're going to dive into different topics around weight loss, body image, relationships with food, and how to overcome life's everyday struggles and challenges so we can all live our best lives possible. Remember, it's It's never never too late late to fly. fly. All right. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. This is episode seven, and we are going to be talking about weight gain after extreme weight loss. Um, We kind of want to dig into the topic uh, surrounding uh, people who lose a lot of weight and dealing with that weight gain and how it's a hard reality that most people face who lose a a big amount of weight. Uh, It's just a challenge that that, uh, so many people who lose significant amounts of weight face. Right. And we definitely wanted to kind of talk about this or do an episode about this because I, being someone who is dealing with some weight gain after losing a lot of weight, um, I feel that it's not a topic that's talked about enough. And I know I share a little bit about this on my social media about the weight gain after losing a big amount of weight and the amount of people who have reached out, you know, thanking me for sharing this or talking about this because it is not talked about a lot. Um, I think was definitely an eye opener for me to fully realize why it's not talked about or what are some of the reasons why it's not talked about. And so that's why Kevin and I decided to kind of sit down and talk about this. And this episode might get a little bit emotional because like I said, this is me sharing my journey, like this is my life. Um, And so it might get a little bit emotional because it is something I'm still struggling with and dealing with is coming to terms with weight gain. But I think one of the number one reasons why weight gain is not talked about is because a lot of people, myself included, feel like they let others down or they're ashamed or they're embarrassed or they're upset or they're mad that this happened. And so they keep it all in and not wanting to talk about it or share it because of all of those feelings. And that's kind of where I was at before I really decided to kind of be open and honest and kind of share this part of my journey as well. Right. And I think that kind of leads us to now you, you're dealing with these, this very issue, you're being open and you're like facing it head on. But I think it also too, it, it, we need to talk about like what led you to get to that point of being at your lowest weight and now trying to overcome the weight gain that you're facing. And I think there was a point in your journey where you had clicked from like healthy weight loss to where you turn to some maybe extreme measures in some unhealthy relationship with weight loss that led you to now where you are dealing with some weight gain. So let's talk about maybe like you reaching your lowest point and kind of what got you to get to that kind of unhealthy relationship with the scale and with yourself and just your weight in general and like some of the extreme measures you were taking to maybe see that number Uh, drop on the scale and all of that. Right. So like Kevin said, I began my weight loss journey in a healthy way. My doctors were following it. I was on a program where it was all about portion control, exercise, drinking a lot of water, fruits, vegetables. I wasn't losing drastic amount of weights in a short amount of time. Um, It really started off on the right path for people who are trying to lose weight. Right. And I think too, I think with you doing that you weren't I don't think your whole journey the the uh, the quickness or the any of that was at, at an unhealthy rate right I think the whole way it kind of played out and of course 
when you are dealing with losing an extreme amount of weight, it's never going to go as fast as you want it to go. So of course, that's something I struggled with. But it was the healthy amount of weight I was losing per week, per month, being monitored by my doctors, having blood work drawn. Like I was following a healthy, normal rate of someone who is losing an extreme amount of weight. Um, And when I started, I was over 500 pounds. I was 510 pounds. Um, And my only goal overall, like I had small goals of like five pounds, 10 pounds, whatever. But my overall goal was all I wanted to do was to get to 199 pounds. I just wanted to get into that 100 pound mark. And anything past that was icing on the cake. Like I didn't have a specific set goal or a number in mind throughout this whole journey, which was, I think, very healthy for me because part of me, as much as I knew I was going to get to 199 pounds, part of me still had that little bit of a doubt, like you're going to be so much better off with like your health and your weight if you can get it from 500 pounds to 199 pounds. So that was kind of where my overall goal was throughout this whole process. Um, And so I continued on the process of, you know, losing weight, healthy, naturally, no no surgeries, um, and just kept on keeping on with it. Um, And then I hit that glorious number of 199. And the reality of, you know, starting the process of thinking about having skin removal surgery was very real because along the journey, I met with different surgeons, talked to my doctors because we knew this was going to be a reality for me with the amount of weight I was losing with how my body was already having kind of all this loose skin. We knew eventually having surgery or having loose skin issues was going to come into play. And I think once I hit 199, it was really like, okay, let's kind of kick it into gear and really start seeing a surgeon figuring out the next steps. Um, I think too, at that point, that's when maybe that unhealthy thing kind of kicked in. So I think once I hit 199, started seeing surgeons, started, you know, dealing with, okay, what's next now that I've lost all this weight, um, I was told by like my doctor, a bunch of different surgeons that let's try to get to 150 pounds before surgery, try to maintain at 150 pounds, and then we'll start the process of having skin removal surgery. And I think that's where, and it's not putting blame on anyone. It's not saying, oh, the doctors did this and caused me all this harm and that's why I gained weight. But I think that's where that unhealthy relationship I had with myself, with the scale and with food really took a turn was once someone gave me a specific number to try to hit um, when I hadn't really done that before. Or for me, I already hit my goal and anything else I was losing was just extra, like an added bonus. But now trying to hit this goal um, started taking kind of a turn for the worse. And a little bit about me is I'm a very much like if someone tells me to do something, I'm going to do it. If I tell myself I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. Like it's a little bit stubborn. It's a little bit compulsive. um, It's a little bit dedicated to a fault of if I set a goal for my something for myself, like no matter what I do, I'm going to hit that goal. So it was kind of like someone told me to hit 150 pounds. I was going to do it no matter what it took. I think too, that's what led you to maybe uh, over-exercising, restricting your calories and your eating even more so than it was in a healthy way to an unhealthy level of restriction. Right. So at this point, I really started different 
doing different things. I tried to go on a challenge where it was losing 20 pounds in six weeks. Um, I started lowering my calories on my own. I started all these drastic measures to try to lose weight faster to get down faster. Well, you went from working out four days a week for about an hour to seven days a week. And sometimes it would be two classes a day because we went to a group setting gym where it was like group classes. And I would sometimes stay for two classes most days. Um, I started lowering my calories, eating you know less, working out more. Um, and it just became this obsession with getting as skinny as possible, getting as low as I could. And really trying to force myself to hit that 150 pound goal mark as quickly as possible. And for me, it didn't matter what it took to get there. I was now in this very unhealthy mindset of I'm not good enough where I'm at right now with my weight. I have to get better. I have to be better. I have to have a better body. I have to weigh less. Instead of overall throughout my weight loss journey, it was all about losing weight for my health, to feel better, to feel happy, not having a goal in mind, to now an obsession with getting to 150 pounds. But I think too, it's also important to point out that we're looking back now and saying that you were at an unhealthy place. Because in that moment, I don't think you or I, either one of us realized that the relationship that you had created with yourself and with food and exercise was as unhealthy as it was. Right. Looking back now, I sometimes cringe at what I was doing or the choices I made because I know now like that was completely the wrong decision to make. I shouldn't have been doing that. I knew I know now looking back how much harm I was causing. But in that moment, I was so much still in that weight loss mentality of trying to lose weight. I didn't know any better. I didn't know how much harm this was actually causing. Um, and this is why it goes back to me stating from the beginning, if I were to do this journey all over again, I would get mental help and start talking to someone, a therapist right away before I begin my weight loss journey um, to start helping me address some of these issues as they came up instead of now being at, you know, when I was there almost 150 pounds and I was in such a negative mindset and mind space. And my mental health was so bad, but I had no idea. But I think, too, you could also address the issues that got you to the point of weighing 500 pounds as opposed to still now you're digging into those things four years later and however many pounds through this journey, like you're still fighting those battles. And had you gotten that help earlier, I think you would be maybe in a different place with weight loss and weight gain and just overall where you are right now. And I think I'm one who I never try to put the blame on anyone else for anything that it was someone else's fault that I was 500 pounds. It's someone else's fault that I gained weight. Like I always take full blame responsibility for everything that happens in my life for all of my decisions. But it is really frustrating because now again, it's looking back on the countless doctor's appointments and emails and times of me reaching out to my doctor because I was struggling and it was never mentioned to try to go talk to someone or get help. Um, even when I was at 500 pounds and she wanted me to have weight loss surgery, it was either that or I told her, no, I'm going to do it naturally. I'm going to do it on my own. And she's like, okay, good luck. Go do it. Like there was no added support. Well, there was just for- never a mention of anybody else outside of yourself. Right. And it was more like, okay, you want to lose weight? Go lose weight. And we'll do blood work and we'll check up on you, which was great, like for my physical health, like to help me. 
but it was never addressed or brought up to me like why did we get to 500 pounds what were you struggling with that got you to 500 pounds because it's not just someone who enjoys food and you're going to get to 500 pounds there was something going on which leads people to be extremely overweight like that and that's not in a negative way I myself was over 500 pounds, so I get it. I get it's hard, and talking about this is hard. But reality is, when you weigh that much, there's something else going on. And I think looking back, like I said, at emails and conversations with different doctors or nutritionists or anything like that, because I was struggling, it makes me sad how much I was asking them for help, and it was never given to me. And again, not putting blame on my doctor, on doctors, on these people. But that's why I strive so much to talk about mental health all the time and going to talk to someone when you are struggling. Because for me, that's the thing I would change about my whole journey is getting that mental help right away from the beginning. And like I said, looking back, I was craving help. I was asking for help. I was needing that help and I was never given it. And I was just like, okay, start losing weight. And then... I never addressed some of those issues while I was losing weight. And then once I got to my goal weight, all those issues started coming back. Well, I think, too, it's important to say you were crying out for help without saying, help exactly me. help me. Right. Like, that's exactly The things exactly that you it. were talking about, the things that you were saying, the things that you were sharing with someone who needed help, but without saying, I need help. Right. And so going back to like that obsession of like that 150 pounds... Um, I think for me, what really turned it from unhealthy to extremely unhealthy was I got to like 153 pounds and stayed there for probably two months at 153 pounds and the scale would not budge. And it frustrated me so much because no matter what I did, that number was not moving. And my doctor, my surgeon, they said, leave it. Stop trying to lose weight. You need to focus on maintenance. And that stubbornness inside my head was like, I need to get to 150 pounds. Don't tell me I'm done losing weight. I need to get to 150 pounds. I let those three pounds completely destroy me. And even when I went into surgery at 153 pounds, I still felt like I failed because I never reached a goal. And I think addressing that and talking about that is so therapeutic now, but at that moment, it was literally like I had let everyone down and I hated myself because I could not do it. And that's, I think, what led to a lot of the distorted image of myself with the scale, with my body, that started happening at that moment that I was completely unaware of. Right. And I think, too, like, expanding on that and moving kind of into this next step here is... Like from the outside looking at you, you would have never known that that's what you were battling or what was going on with you. Like internally, that fight you were fighting with yourself. From the outside, it appeared that like you had the world on your wrapped around your finger and you had everything because you had had the weight loss. You were getting ready for surgery. You were like everything from an outsider like looking in place. was falling into place. Right. I did a very good job at hiding how much I was struggling. Um, I didn't admit that I was lowering my calories. I didn't admit I was killing myself in the gym because I was trying to lose more weight. Um, I didn't admit I was going through all of these drastic steps because I was struggling. 
and my anger at myself, that fear that, you know, even fear of surgery. I pretended I wasn't even scared at all for surgery. Um, I kept a lot of that in because I think part of it is when you lose weight, you're sometimes praised and told how good you look, what a good job you did. Uh, You look so amazing now. You must feel so good. And for me, I'm somewhat of like a people pleaser and I don't share my emotions very often. So I felt if I shared how much I was struggling or how much I still hated my body at that weight or at that size, that I would be letting all these people down, number one. Number two is I didn't ever share my feelings. So at that moment, it wasn't like all of a sudden I was like, okay, well, in reality, I'm still struggling. And then the other part is I felt like if I were to complain about these issues, people would like think I was crazy. Like, why are you complaining about where you're at? You look so good. You've lost all this weight. Like, you have nothing to complain about. And so I kept it all in. And so from the outside, like Kevin said, I looked like I was healthy. I was, you know, motivated. I was strong. I was getting ready for surgery. Like, I just accomplished this huge weight loss goal of 360 plus pounds, Um, it looked like I had my whole life together and that's what I was putting out for the world because I did not want anyone else to really see what was going on. I think too, unless you really, really looked at what was you were doing, the changes you were making were not like big drastic changes. Like, okay, one day I'm eating 1500 calories and all of a sudden I'm eating 600. It was okay. I'm going to cut little by little, unless you really paid attention, like over the big, like month or two months at a time, you wouldn't have noticed the little changes that you just had stopped eating the extra cheese stick or eating the extra yogurt or eating the extra things that got you to that calorie goal. Like you would cut them out without really like turning it into a big deal. Right. Like it wasn't like I was sneakily doing it. I was, and this is kind of like the scariest part is I don't know if I was fully aware what I was doing. I just think mentally I was like, I'm not going to eat this. I'm not going to do this. But I don't think I had like a set plan of I'm not going to I'm going to stop eating these calories. I'm going to do whatever. And that's kind of what scares me a little bit is because it was happening and I was allowing it to happen. It was my body. I was the one who was not eating, but I didn't really know or realize that you were doing it. Right. And I think that's the scariest part of all of this is how much I was harming and damaging my body and I wasn't even aware of it. And again, I think right here, it's very important to say we're making these thoughts and judgments and everything looking back at that point, not in that moment realizing what was going on. Right, and I think as hard as I am on myself for gaining weight, and we'll get into a little bit of that now, I genuinely feel, as weird as this sounds, like it was bound to happen, number one, But number two is it had to happen so I can address all of these issues and challenges that I was facing and actually be able to deal with them and heal fully. So not necessarily happy I gained weight, but in a way I think it is somewhat of a blessing in disguise because it's actually forcing me to be open about my feelings, honest about my feelings, my struggles, and actually get the help that I need. Right. So at this point, you had your surgery, everything still is kind of moving in the positive direction of you making progress. And at this point, you're recovering. And it's time for surgery number two. And at this point, uh, we're in the summer of 
2017. You had your first surgery summer 2016. So you're about a year out from your very first surgery at your very lowest point. Um, the scale is probably... Well, the, the issue started again with the scale was after I had my first surgery, the doctor took off like 12 pounds of skin. And I remember standing on the scale and the scale was up from when I went into surgery. And I completely freaked out. My surgeon said, it's normal. It's going to take a long time for your body to get back to a normal weight because of all the fluid, your body recovering, everything happening. He said, stop weighing yourself. And I started doing it every day, every day. And it made me more frustrated. So I was like, I'm going to listen to my surgeon. I'm not weighing myself anymore. And I think that's where that accountability kind of stopped is it, I saw it turning into like an unhealthy relationship. I saw the number up. I wasn't okay with it at all. So I just completely stopped weighing myself. Right. And I don't think even after the surgery, like Kevin just mentioned, summer 2017, I don't think I even weighed myself. Before that surgery happened. I don't right. think you had known where that starting point was. No. So then you're recovering from surgery and recovery with surgery also leads to a different way of eating, less moving, obviously, because physically you're down and out. Um, and so you're eating for comfort because you're in pain. You're not just... You're bored at home. Right. You're locked in. So you have watch movies and eat food. And I think something that's important to address is when I started the process of skin removal surgery, even back in 2016... I, as excited as I was and how much physically and mentally I needed the surgery, I was so mad at myself for even getting to a place where I needed surgery and to do that to my body. Um, I have the best surgeon in the whole world who takes great care of me. I have a huge support system who helps me, who has helped me along my whole journey. Um, I was so proud of myself for losing weight and being to a point to have skin removal surgery but on the inside, and this is something else I didn't share, is how much I hated myself for having to have to go through these surgeries in the first place. How angry I was at myself for even getting to 500 pounds in the first place and now needing to go through all of these surgeries for my body. And so I think after like the first and second surgery, it was hard. But after every surgery, that hatred kept getting a little bit stronger and stronger. But at the same time, it was I was kind of okay with it because you saw the physical transformation that was happening more with the loose skin being removed. And so it was kind of a battle of, okay, I hate how I have to go through this, but I also started to love myself, if that makes sense. Like it was this weird phase I was in. But like Kevin mentioned, when you're recovering from surgery, it then started getting to that like, okay, now I'm going to start turning to food more. Right. I think, too, it's important to also bring up uh, the toll physically and emotionally and hormonally that surgery puts your body through. And I think it, good or bad, you went from one surgery to another surgery to another surgery relatively quickly. You had your first one in July. Your next one was in November. And then the following July, you had yeah. another one. So it was like it, you had three surgeries within pretty much a calendar year. Mm -hmm. And I think... And I don't think you ever really at that point from the beginning of surgery, where you were physically, what you were capable of, what your weight was and all of that, you never got back to being able to do the things that you were able to do 
strength wise, endurance wise, and all of those things, like you never built yourself back up or your body never had the chance to get back to where it was. Right. And I feel like once we got kind of close, I was down again for surgery. Like I was having another surgery. Right. So my body through this whole process was not fully normal, quote unquote, from the surgeries. And then it was down again for a next one. And I think the toll that played on my body, I wasn't really aware of. And the thing is, when you go through an extreme amount of weight, that takes a toll on your body to begin with. Um, me being like a yo-yo dieter all my life had a big toll on my body, but then losing almost 400 pounds took a huge toll on my body. Now my body was going through all these skin removal surgeries. It was gaining weight, holding on to fluid, not moving like I was before, not exercising, eating more calories than I was used to. And my body was just in this weird state of confusion and I didn't know what was happening. Well, I and think too, after each surgery, it takes a long time for your body to figure out, okay, this is my new self. This is what is going to happen. And I think in this process, I saw fluid retention. I saw my face more puffy. I saw these changes happening that were from surgery that were completely normal. And part of me was like, this is completely normal. I'm totally fine. And then the other part was like freaking out. And I think when the weight gain started happening was really after summer 2017, because I got to this place with, okay, you know what? This is my weight. This is my body. This is where I'm at. I lost all this weight. I'm doing well. Um, I am struggling, but I'm not sharing I'm struggling. And I started to turn to food for that comfort to heal me, to help me, to cover my emotions. And it turned into a very unhealthy this place in sort of relationship with food again which is what got me to 500 pounds which was something i was struggling with but never addressed and here it was kind of creeping back in that mentality of holding my feelings and holding my emotions and holding my anger of surgery and holding the emotions of what i did to my body the unhealthy relationship the, the restricted the right. binge restrict all of this stuff and I started turning to food more and more and more and eating for comfort and eating to cover the pain. And it just started spiraling, I think, at that point. My thing, too, at this point, you're not weighing again because you're recovering from surgery. You're holding on to fluid. You're you're not seeing a therapist to talk about those those issues and kind of work through some of that stuff that's going on. So you're kind of digging yourself into that same hole that you had found yourself at the very beginning when you started your weight loss journey i mean sure your weight loss your weight your weight wasn't the same starting point but you you had some kind of fallen into some old habits right we're falling into the old habits of keeping your emotions in not talking about your struggles not asking for help turning to food for comfort eating for comfort um all of those old ways and old ways of thinking were starting to creep back in and I still had no way to know how to address that. I didn't know how to get help. I didn't know I should get help. And honestly, I didn't really realize it was a problem. Um, because like Kevin said, I wasn't weighing myself. I didn't know where I was at. Um, and I really turned into more of like... Well, you, I think... A, a, a more of a mindset of, I deserve to eat this now. I deserve to do this. I lost all this weight. I'm in quote skinny now. I deserve to eat this. I deserve to eat these foods. I never allowed myself to eat these foods before. So now I'm home recovering from surgery. I'm upset with myself. I'm all this stuff. So I am going to eat these foods. I am going to sit here and enjoy it because I deserve it. 
And that mentality is so harmful and so dangerous in and of itself. Um, But that's kind of that turn after that summer 2017 where I kind of took where it was more that, you know what, I'm not even going to deal with these issues. I'm not going to address I'm struggling. I deserve to eat. And that's what I'm going to do. When I think then at that point, you came to a realization that that this was a little bit what was going on. And that's when you did seek out help and start seeing a therapist and start working through some of those issues. Right. So I think as much as I didn't want to admit it, once this started happening, I started eating more. I did notice my body changing. I did notice clothes weren't fitting. I was noticing I was gaining weight and it wasn't just fluid retention from surgery. Um, I started realizing these things and I realized I was gaining weight whether I was standing on a scale or not. And I finally something clicked where I was like, I need help. I've needed help for years. But finally at that moment, I was like, I need help. What I'm doing to my body, what I'm doing turning to food, keeping my emotions in, feeling all these, you know, anger and emotional things towards myself. Um, So I reached out to my doctor, got in touch with an eating disorder specialist, and finally got the help I needed to start heading down the road of recovery. Right. And I think that was beyond helpful for you starting to work through some of those issues with someone who kind of specialized in like that field or that. Right. And I think the first step I had to take, and that's the hardest step, is admitting I'm not okay and I need help. I am struggling. I am having a hard time. And I think realizing it's okay not to be okay and it doesn't make you a failure or weak if you are struggling or need help. And I think once that clicked where I was like, you know what, I do need this help, that's when I was actually able to ask for it. Where before it was me hoping someone would offer it to me, where now it's like, okay, no, I need help and I need to get this help. And I'm so glad I found the therapist I did because she specializes in body image, eating disorder. And I was very specific on the phone with my doctor, with the head of the department of this is what I need and this is what I'm looking for. Um, And at that point, I think that's when you had started working through some of these things with that therapist. And then you would come to realize that there was some majorly disordered eating going on that got helped you get to your lowest weight. Um, And then also at this point, some major, not majorly disordered, but some disordered eating going on with the binge and restrict cycle, uh, post-surgery and dealing with the all in or all out of eating post-recovery from surgery. So once I started talking to the therapist, there was two kind of, I don't like the word diagnosis, but two things she brought to my attention as to some patterns or behaviors I was showing. Um, The first one was that I am a binge eater. I have a binge eating disorder um, where it's you it's kind of like you just do it for comfort. Like you pretty much, you can't stop yourself and you just keep binging on food. You, you Once you start, you can't stop. And it's like this compulsive, addictive trait that you can't stop eating food. Um, the second thing she kind of brought to my attention was this all or nothing mentality, like Kevin just mentioned, um, which is either I'm completely restrictive and I don't allow myself to eat anything off program, off plan, If I'm not counting it, tracking in my calories, I don't eat it. 
or I'm the complete opposite and I eat everything in sight and I can't stop myself. Like there was no middle ground. Um, and like it's called, it's the binge or restrict. Like either I was completely binging out or I was completely restricting myself with what I was eating. Um, and those two kind of, what is it called? Traits that she kind of told me I was dealing with or struggling with was really hard to kind of admit like I had an eating disorder like that I think kind of broke me a little bit knowing like putting like kind of more of a label on it um, as much as I don't you know have that define me as who I am like that's still part of me and something I have to address and deal with is yes I have an eating disorder and I'm trying to overcome it and heal from it um, but I think the biggest struggle for me is really that all or nothing mentality. And I think talking to someone is definitely helping to not only bring these things to light and to my attention, but also actually getting me the help so I can overcome them and heal from those disordered ways of thinking. But I think too, the part of that is finding a therapist who specializes in body image and eating disorders who can maybe help you discover what's going on or why you're going through the things that you're going through. Right. Because just because you're dealing with like you're extremely overweight or you're dealing with weight issues doesn't necessarily mean you have an eating disorder. doesn't necessarily mean, you know, you're going to have the same struggles or the things that I do. It really takes someone who is specialized and experienced in this to be able to help you with what you're dealing with and what you're personally going through. Right. Um, so I think that's definitely one of the number one things is if you feel like that would be helpful for you to get like that help. Because I saw nutritionists, I saw people, it was not helpful for me at all. Um, I even had one nutritionist tell me to even drop my calories lower than I was doing if I was gonna try to get to that goal weight. So it caused a lot more, like literally I was barely eating a thousand calories and he told me to go to 800 then. Like, I mean, I mean that, that just, that. It was so bad. That's a whole nother it was topic, so but I had a very low trust in nutritionists at that point. And so I think that's why it's so important to go find a therapist who specializes in disordered eating, body image, body dysmorphia, all of these different things is so important. And I know people struggle with how to find one. And the best way I can tell you is go to your primary doctor first, tell them what you're experiencing, what you're needing help with and see if they have suggestions. Otherwise, I think social media is a great place to search or find, you know, look local in your area if there's someone and I know they have a lot of like online Mm-hmm. as well that you can do like an online you can do a phone or a video chat right so i think there's a lot of resources out there if you are someone who's struggling but i think the very first place to start is with your primary doctor or your doctor and see kind of what suggestions they have or i would say friends or family that are directly near you in the same area that you could reach out to if they have um, experience with a therapist or if they have recommendations because right. i know i first started off with like a regular therapist and that was not getting me anywhere like it was not in a rude way and it was maybe it was just who I was seeing but it really felt like a waste of time and I almost completely gave up until I was like you know what I deserve to find help and to get the help that I need and I'm going to fight to get the help that I need which has been the theme of my whole journey fight for getting the help I need but um it really took me telling my doctor no I don't need a regular therapist I need an eating disorder specialist I need an eating body image body specialist who can help me with this right well, i think too that, that you've been battling this again it started 
in around 2017 when you had your um, those surgeries in the summer of 2017 until I would say here in the last two months um, when we went into the shelter in place and, and we were isolated kind of at home that you would really these tendencies and everything kind of had resurfaced and were like at at their worst and kind of at that point again where it was like, okay, something really needs to be done. Right. So before really like COVID-19 happened, quarantine, the shelter in place, um, I was really, I feel like on a path of healing. Um, I started talking to my therapist. I was seeing her like once a week. Um, We were really, I think, making progress. Um, And I think what was happening is we were more dealing with the recovery of the eating disorder more so than like really focusing on, okay, I need to lose weight. Um, because weight loss and eating disorder recovery don't really go hand in hand. So we were really focusing on the eating disorder recovery. But what I was noticing as part of that recovery is more so allowing yourself to eat different foods, not naming foods bad, not having things be off limits. And I think for where I was at in my journey and my recovery, it started going back to that, okay, well, I deserve to eat this. This is part of recovery. Or I'm allowed to eat this cupcake because it's part of my recovery. And I was eating more and turning more to like that food for comfort and blaming it on, well, this is just part of my eating disorder recovery where I should allow myself to eat this. And I think that was kind of happening and I was gaining weight in the process of trying to heal from my eating disorder. Which I think is natural. I think that's right. part think, of overcoming an eating disorder is you're going to probably gain a little bit of weight. And that's exactly what my therapist told me. But I think for me, because I am a very extreme person with what I do, I was taking it to the extreme and eating all of these foods I love that, again, I never really allowed myself to eat. And it was really going back to that all or nothing, where I would eat something, feel really guilty, and then not eat anything, whatever. And, and you know, I would talk to my therapist about this, and we were, we were addressing some of these issues. She told me some weight gain was natural. It was normal in kind of addressing this eating disorder. Um, and then really, I think it was right before the quarantine happened, um, we kind of talked, and, you know, I had some medical issues happening. My body was really holding on to fluid from my last surgery, Um, you can see like fluid lumps in like my arms and legs where the fluid is just building up. Um, I started getting like a banding around my arm from like my arms getting so puffy with the weight gain and fluid retention that it was causing a banding and my arm was splitting open. Um, my face, my, especially my left hand, like everything was really getting puffy from a combination of like surgery, fluid retention, Um, the skin graft I had to have, the weight gain, like my body was just at a point where it was not doing well. And then we'd gone into shelter in place and then you kind of had taken that was like, I think an extra hit over the head and you would kind of turn to food even more so with all that. Well, right before shelter in place where I kind of made this plan with my therapist where she was going to help support me and we were going to go on this like new journey of trying to lose weight and deal with my eating disorder So right before shelter in place, we had just started coming up with a plan, you know, and like I said, eating disorder and weight loss do not go together, but she's amazing. And she said, I'm going to support you on weight loss because that is what your body needs. Like doctors are recommending you need to lose weight. Your body is not doing well with the weight you gained or the fluid. 
And if you really need to lose weight, I'm going to support you in that as well as supporting you in your eating disorder recovery. So we had just started talking about doing those two things together and boom, shelter in place happened and I wasn't able to see her anymore. Um, We were stuck at home, all the added stress from shelter in place and the virus and not working and the financial, like it was just a whole bunch all at once, which I'm sure we're not the only ones who are experiencing that. Um, But that added stress on top of just feeling like I was making progress and now I felt like it was like a slap in the face and I couldn't make this progress anymore or figure out this next plan and we were stuck at home and where did I go back to was turning to food I really started binging out the first like month Mm. of the shelter in place and I could not stop And it was like this obsession of right when I woke up, I just had to start eating and I could not stop myself. Um, I don't drink alcohol really at all. And I was drinking like two glasses of wine every day. Like it was just a very unhealthy place I was in because I felt like, oh my God, I'm freaking out. My therapist isn't here. I have all this food around me. Now I'm added stress, but this... I'm dealing with an eating disorder. My arm's splitting open. I have all this fluid. I can't go to my doctor. I can't go my, to my doctor to get my arm checked because it's splitting open. I can't go to the gym. Like it was just a combination of all of these things. And I was completely freaking out. And I started eating more and more and more. Like not only just a little bit of snacking, like I could not stop myself, which is part of like that binge eating disorder. Whereas I could not stop eating. But then I think you... I don't know what happened. Like overnight, it was like, okay, this is enough. Like I've had enough of this. This isn't working. This isn't getting me where I want to go. And you changed. So I think what's really interesting, like Kevin just said, is when I started my weight loss journey at 500 pounds, I woke up one morning after the incident in Disneyland happened. And I was like, today's the day I'm changing. I'm losing weight. Like today's the day. The same thing happened this time where I don't know what shifted or what changed. I woke up one morning and I turned to Kevin, the same thing that happened like years ago. And I said, I'm going back on Jenny Craig and I'm starting right now today. Like I'm not doing this anymore. I can't do this anymore. I pretty much need to get my life figured out right now. Um, I made phone appointments with my therapist right then and there. Like I had a phone appointment with her. I picked up my Jenny Craig food. um, And I was really like, I, what I'm doing right now is not working And all this progress I was making with my therapist before the shelter in place happened, I'm not just going to have that all be for nothing. And it's really time to not only admit I have a problem, but actually take the steps to not only lose weight, but to start healing. Like I was really ready to take my own health, mental, physical health in my own hands and do everything I could to not only lose weight, but to heal. Right. And I think at that point, you had you'd already talked with your therapist and you guys had decided that not looking at the scale was what was best for you. And we had this conversation a couple of weeks ago now that about the scale and how it doesn't define you and all of these things. And you had still become very overwhelmed and frustrated that that scale wasn't moving without knowing what that number was, which now has led to you looking at that scale and at that number and knowing exactly what it was. I think when my therapist told me not to look at the scale, stop weighing yourself. If you're going to weigh yourself, have the Jenny Craig consultant do it and not tell you, have Kevin do it and not tell you. 
that's part of what her suggestion was with losing weight, but also recovering from eating disorder. And I think I was so happy with that because I knew I had gained weight and I was not ready to look at that number on the scale. There was no way I actually wanted to admit or see how much I had actually gained. Um, and so for a few weeks or months, or I don't know what it was, uh, when I was somewhat trying to still lose weight. I'd say it's probably about a month to six weeks. I wasn't looking at the number. Um, someone else was weighing me, keeping track of it. I wasn't, you know, part of me was curious and somewhat wanted to know, but I knew I'm not ready to kind of face that because I don't want to know the number. Um, and then... I think it just boils down to you realize like in order to overcome this and face this head on, I need to know what that number is. Right. And it's time for me to admit I have gained weight. Let's see what that number is. And we'll start from right. that point. And I was, I was and am still such at a point in my life and my journey where I want to fully heal and recover. And I know it's going to take a long time. But I know in order to fully recover, I have to look that fear in the eye and look my biggest fear in the eye, which was the scale and that number, um, and actually come to terms with what it is and what that number is, because that's the only way I'm truly going to be able to move forward. Like there's no more hiding. There's no more pretending it's not an issue. There's no more standing and not looking. Like I knew I had to confront it and stand on the scale and actually take accountability for the weight gain, how much I weighed, where my weight was at, and to take that accountability because that was where I was truly going to start healing and be able to move forward. Um, and so I knew I had to do it, but standing on the scale, I felt like my whole body was like trembling. And it was literally like I was going to have a panic attack standing on the scale knowing I was going to look. And I don't know if it's just our scale, all scales, what it is, but like when you stand on it and it does like that ding of like when it, the weight is there, I remember I heard the ding and I thought I was going to throw up. Um, and looking down at that number was one of the hardest things I think I've done in a really long time um, was actually taking that accountability and actually looking at the scale and looking your worst fear in the eye and coming to terms with reality because for so long I was putting it off. Um, and when I looked at the scale, I knew I had gained weight, but I, I think I was kind of trying to fool myself that it wasn't a lot, even though I kind of felt it was a lot. Um, and so when I finally looked down at the scale, it uh, was almost exactly from like my lowest to where I am right now was a hundred pounds weight gain. Um, and seeing that even saying it now, um, goes back to like the beginning where we were kind of talking about the shame, the guilt, the anger. Um, it's hard. <laughs> I mean, that's the reality of it. it, it I think you going through it is way more hard on yourself than any person from the outside looking in will ever be. And I think that's what makes it so difficult is you're the one who's going through it and putting all these judgments from other people onto yourself 
who are only there to support you. And I definitely felt anger, sadness, frustration, shame, embarrassment. Um, And like Kevin said, I didn't just feel like I let myself down. I felt like I let the world down because for years now, I've been sharing my journey, my life on social media. People have been following me for my weight loss, telling me how much of a motivation I am for my weight loss, telling me how good I look because of my weight loss. And I felt like I had let the world down, like not only myself, my friends, my family, my surgeon, my trainer, um, No, I think it... It was literally like I let every single person down in my life. And I think that was or is kind of the hardest thing to overcome with all of this is kind of letting that go. Because until you let that go, you can't move forward. Right. But I think too, and we talked about this before, had you stepped on that scale and looked sooner you probably wouldn't have allowed it to get to the point where it is now. But I'm going to immediately follow it up and say, all of those 100 pounds is not fat gain. No. and You are absolutely 100% stronger than you were when you went into that first surgery. You have more endurance. You, have, you can lift heavier weights. You are stronger. You've put on muscle. You also, at that point now that you've gone through all of these surgeries... You've gone through extreme weight loss. Your body is going to hang on to fluid. There's no doubt about that. On top of that, you've got those fluid lumps that are stuck in your legs, that you're retaining fluid, your body's puffy, all of those things, coupled with some weight gain. So sure, you've got, you've put on some fat. There's no, like, no denying that. But at the same time, it's not all 100%. The weight you've gained is not all Wait, I'm going to put it in quotes. Right. And I think this was what my therapist was saying about not weighing yourself because she said there's so many other factors that are going into what your weight is right at this exact moment. Like if you see me in person, like my left hand is completely different looking than my right hand. Like you see the fluid in my legs. You see fluid lumps in my arms. Um, You actually can see these issues that I'm having. Um, so standing on the scale doesn't truly reflect a natural weight. And what my therapist said is you're not going to fully see how much you've actually gained because you have all these other factors playing into it, um, which I totally agree with. And I also think what Kevin said is if I did look at the scale sooner, I might have gotten help sooner or I wouldn't have gotten myself as much weight gain as I have done But I also think that everything happens for a reason. And I think it took this happening for me to actually get the help that I needed um, and to actually face these fears, face these things that I've been putting off for so long, um, deal with the anger, the regret, the sadness of even gaining weight in the first place that was now adding to what was going on now. The unhealthy relationship I was in before surgery where I was trying to get as skinny as possible. Um this weight gain actually opened my eyes to what I was still struggling with and what I so desperately still needed help with. 
And so as hard as I am and as frustrated as I am and as much as I'm kind of challenged right now with everything that's going on, I do feel like and I am trying to focus on the positives of all of this because because all of this happened, I'm actually getting the help that I need. And like Kevin said, it's reminding yourself that it's not 100 pounds of fat that you gained because even now when I'm completely locked into my eating, my eating disorder recovery, working out, getting into a better relationship with myself and with my body again, now that I've kind of seen that number, my body's drastically changing, but like the number is still kind of not. And we'll get into this a little bit more later as to like what I'm doing now and what changes I'm making now. But I think that just is showing me that the scale and the number on the scale is not a true reflection of A, my worth or my value, but B, what my actual weight is. Right. I think there's so much that goes into that number that shows up in the scale that can't be accounted for that... Like we've talked about that. We did that whole episode about the scale. And I think the scale is one data point in your journey. And at this point, you've looked at that number. You've embraced that that's just what the reality of it is. And you're moving forward. And I think that's a a thing right here to wrap this up is we can go and look forward to in this next episode here of going in and sharing more in depth as to what you're doing to truly face that number and the changes that you've put into place moving forward. Right. And so I know weight gain after losing a lot of weight is hard. It's challenging. It's faced with so many different emotions. I'm still struggling. You know, even after looking at the number on the scale, I still struggle. I'm still having challenges and hardships and things that I'm going through. But like Kevin said, right now, after I've embraced that number, I can actually move forward and start the healing and the recovery process. And so we have made some changes Some things have changed along the way. And I'm excited to kind of do more episodes and share this journey with you guys of, you know, it's not only weight loss, but it's actually just living my best life possible and sharing that with you guys, which is the whole topic of this podcast is living our best lives possible because no matter what you struggle with what you go through what your challenges are it truly is never too late to live your best life right so thank you for listening we definitely greatly appreciate you guys listening and supporting us and following what's going on here um if you could also help us out by rating reviewing and subscribing that would help us out tremendously tremendously and uh without further ado i think we can say Remember, it's never never too late late to fly. fly. Bye.